You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Folks, Victory Monday. Here we are yet again. Nine and three. A just incredible first half effort from a guy who's gotten maligned a lot for having a six-game stretch without throwing an interception. I, I, I honestly don't even know what more to say at this point. Um, anybody who's even going to talk about the second half, get out of here, please. The only thing they were trying to do was get out of there with everybody healthy. Uh, it's what you do in a situation like that. Uh, there's not really much of a game plan when you go in a halftime up 31 as opposed to let's walk out of here healthy and get a win. And again, it didn't matter against Houston. It didn't matter against Philadelphia. Myself, Pete Smith, we ain't putting style on these wins. Wins are wins, and it is nine and three. Today's Lockdown Browns is brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or uh, or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different. Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Today, a little bit nervous, guys. I ain't going to lie. But buckled in, and it's it started good and just proceeded to get even better. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It is made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Pete, uh, probably, I, I would say that first half is probably probably the best we've ever seen Baker Mayfield look as a pro. Um, we talked during the week, you know, when you're getting into these bigger games, we need to see something uh, that we haven't seen. Uh, you know, I know, it, I'm sure everybody probably started Kendall Lamb in fantasy leagues all over the place today. Uh, Jarvis throwing the throwback to uh, Baker. And to be honest, it looked like, you know, the play was busted from jump, but they still found Justin, getting just enough out of it uh, to reach their goal. The out-and-up play action to Donovan Peoples-Jones, where he was literally just racing away from guys who were probably 15 to 20 yards behind him. The defense, you got three sacks. You got three turnovers. And most critically, Pete, what this Browns team did today was you know what Tennessee is. And you got them in a position where they really, truly couldn't be themselves. you cut out there um look this was the most dominant i've ever seen baker mayfield play going back to college uh i gave him a substantial amount of credit i give kevin stefanski a significant amount of credit uh the game plan was outstanding and and it really showed the growth and maturation that we've been seeing from baker mayfield over the past six weeks and and when uh, Stefanski came out of the bye week and said, you know, he's ready to ascend. We saw three crappy weather games right after that. And then he played well against the Jaguars. Uh, but between the Jaguars and their record and and those, those missed throws that people harped on, you know, it didn't really click the way this game did. There were no uh, easy misses. I, you know, I, I think he, I can recall him making maybe two bad reads but his adjusted completion percentage for this game is 84.4 or 84.8%. Um, between what 
they were trying to do with the game plan and spreading out the Titans and being able to use, again, we talked about this too, going with confidence into empty formations. Baker Mayfield was essentially able to pick them apart. The offensive line was able to control the game uh, in terms of pass protection. The Browns couldn't run the ball because the Titans, like so many other teams, were trying to stop the run and force Mayfield to beat them. Well, five, you know, five should be touchdowns later. Mayfield proved he not only could beat them, but dominated in the process. You know, he threw to everybody. Uh, it, it looked easy between the twenties, and then we still got some clunkiness going on the red zone. But just in terms of confidence in play calling, confidence from Baker Mayfield, and you know, from start to finish, feeling like this was, you know, this was going to be a, a great game for him. I think it was pretty obvious. You know, the first drive I was thinking, Oh, they're, they're playing pretty well. This is a good start. You know, they're going to need all the points they can get. And then it just became, you know, the Titans sort of wasted opportunities. And then, you know, the bronze didn't stop. I mean, it was disappointing not to get the first touchdown, but after that it was what five touchdowns in a row. Um, yeah, and I, I even saw people try. Some people trying to like sort of degrade this as it was going on, suggesting that, well, when you you don't get any pressure on 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 Baker Mayfield or or, or any quarterback, anybody can sit back and pick you apart. Well, that's, that's fine, but I don't know if any, anyone other than maybe Patrick Mahomes this season that's done it like this, or Aaron Rodgers, or one of those. Like this was, you know, this is an eight and three team, and he just and and their defense is not good but he punished them and they were never close. The ball was never at risk and the ball was put in spots that made his receivers look fantastic. Uh, and he just took them apart. And I mean, look, you go to the efforts of Rashard Higgins, you go to the uh, efforts of Donovan Peoples Jones, um, you know, Jarvis Landry, you know, consistent. Um, but again, this, you know, starting to get Baker more and more, well, he's better, obviously, but getting him more and more comfortable like he was in 2018 where it was fine guy, throw guy open. And it's it, it's a pleasure to see, and that's what make, makes the quarterback position even easier, um, you know, unless you get to play against prevent, prevent defenses for, you know, 30 minutes and, you know, pad up your stats uh, like uh, number 17 did on the other side. But uh, just offensively, though, Pete, you, they, they kept him clean for the most part. He was able, you know, to you know, maneuver through reads, um, you've got to see Coach Stefanski do things a little bit differently this week, throwing some things that, you know, obviously he's kept in his back pocket for bigger, better opponents in a key situation like this. This offense, you know, and, and I think this was probably maybe the key of this today, Pete, is for a team that has relied so heavily on the run game. Um, and you knew it was going to be a little bit more difficult today. But now, I mean, when you can get both sides of this offense, the run game and the pass game, essentially working in harmony and have the opportunity to use both when you need it, it opens the doors. That's how you have success like you did this week. That's how you may have success for Baltimore. The two New York teams, that is what it is. Um, and we still don't know about Pittsburgh week 17. But you needed, you need to just be able to do both. It, it's great that they can dominate teams by running the ball. Um, but look, you know, teams are going to sell out. What do you, I mean, <laughs> for the amount of yards the Browns average per carry, they're going to sell out. But this offense taking a step up like this and basically walking in at halftime, knowing that this one was in the books, you're looking at nine and three. Um, you know, most likely, you know, January football is, you know, all but pretty much confirmed 
with as long as I mean, if you split these last four games, you're looking at 11 wins. You're looking at January football. And the other thing, um, you know, congratulations on the Browns on winning the AFC South. And Pete, that means whatever playoff game they play, that that'll be a home game, right? Because the AFC South probably doesn't deserve one if they got swept by a wild card team. Well, I mean, look, that's one of the things that, you know, that sort of sends the message that you're a legitimate team is you do, you know, you do sweep a division and it's two of those teams are competing for the playoffs. I mean, it's not as if they're all the Jets. Actually, they're both tied now, I think, right? They're both eight and four. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, it's, it's not the NFC East, which the Browns will sweep in a couple of weeks. It's, it's a much more competent division, but between those, as long as the Browns, you know, actually show up to the giants game, they're going to be eight and zero against the divisions that they, you know, drew this year. And they got a really nice draw from that standpoint, but you know, it has what has been sort of a backhanded compliment is the Browns, uh, you know, have, have taken care of business against bad teams. But in this case, they took apart a good team. Uh, the the whole issue of well, they they haven't played well against teams over five hundred. Well, they beat both of the AFC South teams, so we'll take it. And you just you just appreciate the process that has sort of come up to this. I mean, because teams have done this, teams have said you know you're not going to run on us and we're going to try to stop you know we're going to we're going to force baker mayfield to beat you with with his arm the colts did it uh the you know baker mayfield had a ton of success early before two interceptions washington did it you know turnovers were a big part of why they controlled that game uh but this was sort of like the true sort of masterpiece for him and if that forces teams to sort of drop off and now have to play a more conscious defense of their passing game then it's only going to create more running lanes and that's sort of the challenge i mean that in some respects that was the disappointing part of this game the bronze run game was never very good in this game and at times it was downright poor uh so i mean kevin stefanski is not short on things he can come out of this game and, and say this team needs to work on which is you know sort of a blessing for a coach but you know it's certainly valuable that in the first half uh, the Browns had 42 rushing yards and Mayfield threw for 290 yards, four touchdowns should have been five and they scored 31 points. I mean, that's, that's you know, Stefanski talks about this all the time, complimentary football. Well, that was it in the sense of the offense doing it. And they did it in the, the normal sense that they took advantage of turnovers and scored points off those too. Um, we'll get to the defensive side of the ball here. And I think, you know, they played, strong when it was important and obviously you know they kind of set the tone for this and, and certainly you know you you got to capitalize which they 100 percent did uh and just more of you know look chubb and hunt don't have to do the heavy lifting um you kind of know what you have in donovan people's jones it's a little bit erratic erratic obviously for a sixth round rookie but you know he brings an element you know that we saw a little bit from hodge a little bit from higgins over the last couple of weeks that they're slowly starting to ingratiate in here is some shot plays. And this was kind of something they hadn't gotten the opportunity to truly get to yet. Now they're getting that opportunity, capitalizing on them. I mean, it was a one wide receiver formation. Um, I'm not even sure if anybody else really even ran a route. And, you know, you got to give the opportunity for your quarterback to try to open up sometimes. You've got that uh, with the uh, Peoples-Jones touchdown. You've got it, obviously, with the Rashard Higgins touchdown. 
Um, just a really, really, really fun day. We're going to flip it up here, get to the defensive side of the ball. And uh, again, for a unit that is, you know, having major issues at the linebacker position, you were out your best safety today. You were out your best cornerback today. Good, solid effort from that group. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you are craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep communities we operate in safe. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, no space. That's $5 off uh, your next delivery, zero delivery fees with your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the promo code LOCKEDON. Don't forget. Locked on for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Pete, the defense got started early with the stop on fourth and inches. You gave the opportunity, you know, for the offense to get back out there. That became 10 nothing. Then Sheldon Richardson, who, again, just a phenomenal effort on the fourth down play, phenomenal effort, gets in. You know, Henry sees he's blocked but doesn't see that he's extended the arm. Ball's loose. Carl Joseph. Bless his little heart. You know, every now and then something happens for Carl Joseph. Picks up the fumble. Puts you back in business again. And the next thing you know, before Tennessee has even literally woken up, you know, tied the cleats. It was 17-0 Cleveland. And it was, I mean, it was pretty much over at that point. Okay, so uh, the the play on the on the uh, the stop on fourth and one, Larry Ogunjobi killed their center. Uh, I believe Ben Jones is their center. Um yeah. Sheldon Richardson sli- slides right through and is driving on uh, Her- Henry's hip almost immediately. And his leg has just come down early. I, I thought, it, you know, watching it live, I thought they-, they got a bad spot and they may have. But I still think they ultimately got got stopped short. Uh, it- it- and it just really from the first series, it just seemed like Sheldon Richardson was going to have one of those days where he just, looks unstoppable and he he just took the Titans apart early on in this game, just consistently getting into the backfield, uh, generating some pressure on some stuff, but it, it, that defensive lineup, the Browns rolled with uh, uh, that, that bear front where you have Jordan Elliott, Larry Ogunjobi and uh, Sheldon Richardson all on the field at the same time was really effective because all they wanted to do, we talked about in the uh, pregame was just get him to have to bounce turn twist yep. anything and if he can't get momentum he's he's stuck and he not combine that with the fact he didn't play well anyway but the Browns were really successful with that uh and it seemed like it it caused him an issue in terms of uh 
what he was trying to see and do. It, just, it may have played a part in why he was able to fumble. Uh, but uh, after that, he was, you know, he still had a couple of nice runs, but overall he just wasn't that guy. And it, it certainly changed everything. I mean, part of the reason the Browns were so successful is I think in the first quarter, they held the ball for like 11 of the 15 minutes, uh, which is simple enough. I mean, the Titans are going to struggle when they don't have the ball. Uh, and the Browns took advantage. I mean, they score off both of those uh, miscues. Mis- they get seven yep. points off both, which yep. just put three score lead immediately. It, it, you know, it, it didn't matter that the Titans were able to score almost effortlessly to make it 17, seven. I mean, the, the die was sort of cast after that. It really felt like a mirror image of the, the game the Browns had last year with the Titans where, they got the early quick score where it looked like suddenly everything was going to be great. And then after that, uh, it was just one giant meltdown where you had a bunch of uh, loss of composure style, personal fouls and other stuff that just added uh, insult to injury. And in this game, the end of the second half, I I want to say the Titans had three or four personal fouls. Uh, You had Rashawn Evans had one. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons certainly had one. I don't remember who got the one on uh, on the roughing the passer one, but they 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 killed themselves as much as the Browns did, and they really didn't really have an answer for that. So, yeah, they you know it, the defense isn't good. Nobody is going to try to tell you the defense is good, but it was opportunistic. Denzel Ward, Ronnie Harrison. It's not like they're an elite defense. They're uh, maybe a, a good defense, um, but no, th- this is not a good defense. And obviously, that's where you know the grocery list will be for the 21, uh, the 2021 offseason. Yeah. I mean, that that's, that's the whole thing. I mean, that literally the defense is your whole offseason. I mean, I, I think there, there certainly should make some tweaks to the offense as well, but uh, there's no question of this is what they, th- this game is who they, who they thought they were going to be coming into the season. It was a question of how long it would take. This game really, or I should say, maybe it's what we thought their offense would be coming into this year. Far more scoring, better better play out of the quarterback, uh, and then the defense struggling but maybe getting a, a few key plays, which is largely what happened. Uh, um, and, look, you know, you got some different guys out on the field today. Uh, I think this was probably maybe one of Kevin Johnson's better days as a Cleveland Brown. Um, MJ Stewart, active feisty uh the interception which was you know whatever was going on in the second half that was probably the one that solidified and basically put this puppy to bed um even without the Browns scoring again um the safety play look you know Sandejo Joseph didn't kill you uh the linebackers uh, it is what it is at this point um you know Miles Garrett um and you can see at times I think Miles a number one just due to the pace of the game and the fact that it got to you know Tennessee throwing as much as they did you know, you saw him, you know, uh, gasping for whale, uh, air, certainly understandable. Uh, still was able to get, you know, uh, you know, one sack in on the day. Larry Ogunjobi, obviously, with one. Uh, but just, look, for the group that you had out there and, you know, and Joe Woods, you know, the credit's got to start to pick up here a little bit for Joe Woods, even though the personnel is ideally not what he is looking for. He's finding a way to put these guys in the best position to succeed. This is what coaching is all about. I mean, he can cry about not having Grant Delpit. He can cry about not having Ronnie Harrison. He can cry about not having Denzel Ward. He can cry that he doesn't have, you know, the athletic 
true linebacker that he wants for this system, but it's not going to do anything for him right now. But week in, week out, this defense, look, they're doing their part. We understand it's not constructed to exactly what Joe Woods is looking for. But Pete, he he's coaching his ass off right now with what he's got. Yeah. Um, he he again, the bare front stuff was great. He had a couple of players step up big for him. Mac Wilson arguably had his best game. Uh, I, I don't know what happened with the concussion test, but that's unfortunate. Um he made a couple of, of tackles that were pretty good. And then I think the game was over. Too. Like there was some attitude behind those hits. I think the game was over when Mac Wilson got into the backfield and put Derrick Henry on the ground. Uh, if, if, if not for when the effort finally gave out for the Titans, then just by, out of sheer decency, I think the game should have ended right at that point. But he did more than he's done. B.J. Goodson stepped up, had a big stick. Uh, at, at the goal line with Derrick Henry uh, on the two-point conversion that I think was sort of a tone-setting type play. Uh, it wasn't certainly wasn't anything along the lines of uh, of uh, taking out Nigerian Nightmare for Steve Atwater, but it was it was a big hit. He didn't even get the whole thing. But those are tone-setting plays that make a big difference. You know, you, you know, set. Yes, they are getting gouged at the at that point. But no, you're not getting it in for free or, or cheap or easy like that. So uh, the DBs were struggle. Uh, you know, Kevin Johnson is a good player. I, I would argue this is probably one of the worst days he's had of the season, just because usually I never hear him because he's always covering his guy. The, the penalty he had for the uh, for the defenseless receiver was just stupid. He he can't do that. Just don't. And it would have been an interception, but instead they they get they get to extend the the drive. Uh, so you know, look, the, the, a lot of the things we expected to struggle struggled. Anderson Dejo struggled. Uh, you know, the, a lot of those things were problematic, and and the Browns' defensive line flirted with Tannehill pretty much all day. They were only able to get him a couple choice times, including uh, you know Garrett Sack. Uh, Ogunjobi sack, and I don't even know who got credit for the first one. Uh, but Children. the one thing – Oh, I'm sorry. Malcolm Smith, Malcolm Smith got credit for the first sack. So uh, all I know is this. Miles Garrett has become Shaq. They don't officiate him at all. Uh, they just even let people – towards the end, uh, even the one where it, it was right before the final touchdown pass, the guy literally had his face mask. And then I think Miles went offside because he was like, look – if this is where it's going to go here, I'm going to try to take every advantage I can here because, look, if ain't nothing getting called on me, I am putting his kids on his ass again. Yeah, I mean, the the holding stuff, you know, it's bad. But when your illegal hands to the facing twisting his face <laughs> and they, they still don't call it, it it's just and like at that is, point. And look, if it's a good tackle, if it's a respected tackle, you say, look, these guys are going to have their battles all day long. And God, you know, Quesenberry and everything he's been through, that's fine. Um, but, you know, I mean, dude, 95 deserves a little bit more of an assistance from these officials. Uh, it, it's getting a little ridiculous at this point. Well, not only that, it's just you are putting Miles Garrett at risk at that point because you're now saying it's basically okay to potentially just jam him square in the eye or something like that. Break out or an you can actually, out. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you grab him, you know, you're not really necessarily putting him in a position where he's going to be at risk for, for a bad injury or something. But when you get to that stuff, 
Now you are literally putting, if he twists his neck or something, you know, there's just any number of things that, that just too many bad things can happen. And the officiating in general has been a struggle, but some of the stuff they miss is just egregious. And it's like, they're, they're just not even trying. I Like I, I get by in large part, the league has basically, you know, quietly not called as many holding penalties, uh, but like that was the most egregious one and nothing. Oh, it, 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 I mean, it's, it, it's beyond the point where it's getting out of hand now. Um, and it's all, and it seems like the only thing that does get called is, you know, when miles essentially you know jumps the gun and it's, it's poor. It's just, it, it's really, really poor. Um, look, and it, it, not to say that the Browns obviously didn't play sloppy um, with the amount of penalties they incurred, but I mean, for it's the weirdest thing in the world. I mean, you know, I, I guess it's the Shaq thing because you know, I mean, most other star players, you know, normally the calls go in their favor, but it's a little disheartening uh, to see you know that we have this special, incredible talent, and you know, it seems like the eyes are only on him if he potentially did something wrong, not the other way around we're going to continue with a little bit more here um yeah fired up excited victory monday nine and three i mean coach stefanski uh, not enough superlatives can come to the mind and you know again it, it, one thing we we were talked about through this entire season at this point is finding a way for 53 guys to become one and, and i truly believe it's there and you see it today where you know we're playing cornerbacks four five and six from the summer and Tay Davis is out there in coverage late in the game. And it's it's just great to see that, you know, everybody, you know, don't expect them to be stars. But, you know, hey, can you do something with the opportunity when you're given it? And it's just been refreshing to this point. The improved Bill Bar is even deliciouser. 18 amazing new flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. <clears throat> Six brand new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, along with some of your original favorites, the coconut almond, the mint brownie, and the double chocolate. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and they are great with the keto diet. The flavor profile for your cookies and cream, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, no space, and you get 20% off your next order. Again, use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Make sure you're checking out the Locked On NFL podcast show with Matt Williamson and Brian Peacock. These guys do a fantastic job along with the rotating schedule of the Locked On NFL podcast, which I'll be joining Peter Bukowski a little later this evening. So check that out tomorrow. Uh, guys, Browns are going big time. There's no way around this. Um, it's, you know, for those who didn't want to give notice to this team being eight and three hopefully now maybe they'll give a little notice to nine and three but i'm sure there'll be that certain minority faction if you will that we'll discuss now that maybe tennessee wasn't that strong at eight and three and i don't want to hear it pete here we are at nine and three um 
I think if you told us we'd be headed into the last four games of the season with Cleveland being nine and three, I, we probably wouldn't have believed it. Um, with all with the newness of the GM, the coaching staff, the head coach, the amount of players brought in, what we would have looked, what we were hoping for was improvement week in week out, and this team finding a way to gel to work together. We've seen an offensive line that's pretty stinking ridiculously good. We've seen a two running back rotation that's, for the most part, been phenomenal. Um, a day like today, if we had talked about this in August and said, you want no one of the keys today were Rashard Higgins and Donovan Peoples-Jones dropping 180-plus in two touchdowns. Really? I mean, we really would have, huh? Really? Wow. Uh, then you, you get to the defensive side of the ball and the fact that they only let up seven points in that first half, they were able to – uh, create a turnover. They were able to shut a down uh, a drive down on fourth and one. Uh, Pete, this is going really, really well to this point. Um, you know, with still, you know, work to be done. You have the assets, assets to do it. You have, you know, the finances to do it over this offseason. But to say we're nine and three headed into the final stretch of the 2020 NFL season with all that has gone on, the limited uh, summer, the no existence of spring football for this team. Pete, this is a hell of a job. And I, I don't know if he's truly going to win the award, but I mean, to not look at this head coach and maybe to look at this general manager and don't think that they deserve major, major accolades is just foolish. This, this team has done a hell of a job. They've gotten a little bit luckier than some franchises as far as dealing with COVID, but they've certainly had their dalliances with it. This is just this is just damn impressive to this point, Pete. There's no way around it. It's just that simple. All of this impressive. Well, he's he's done a great job. Uh, certainly, uh, you know I don't know if they'll they'll give him the award. I mean, if Mike Tomlin goes undefeated or undefeated ish. In the, beyond the fact that they have a ridiculous love affair with Mike Tomlin and never call him out on any of his bullshit, uh, I, I fully expect he'll get the award, which is fine. I don't care. I mean, I'm sure Kevin Stefanski would love to get that. I mean, he's, he certainly has done enough to warrant it. Larger, larger picture, though, um, coming into the season, the, the goal was to evaluate this roster, get you know, get a good sense of where this team was. And set, you know, find out if you were really in a position to be a contender next year, and and make the moves accordingly after a great, you know, great building season. Nine and three. There's no question the Browns have accomplished that. Uh, they're, uh, you know, the other goal was obviously make the playoffs. They're well on their way at that point. Uh, they could easily be eleven and five. They could be twelve and four. Really, they could be thirteen and three. Uh, but biggest thing is. They've proven that they're 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 a good team that can be a great team. Uh, Baker Mayfield was sort of the 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 remaining question mark. Uh, and, and look, the Ravens game is another game where he's going to have to prove it. And he's going to have to be good and all this stuff. Uh, but at this point, we're quickly running out of things to really lobby at him. So if you're saying that we feel great about Baker Mayfield. We really love what we've built with this offensive line, these, you know, the, these the running back situation, these tight ends. Uh, and you like what 
you know, the pieces you have on defense, like Miles Garrett, Sheldon Richardson, uh, Ronnie Harrison, whenever he comes back, Denzel Ward, whenever he comes back, you know, some of these other things, uh, then you're, you're, you're saying, absolutely. We can make a push. We can really make, you know, we can spend this money. We can add some key pieces and we know what our system is. We're not teaching it at this point. Then you're, you're, you're going, what now, now what do we have to do to go to the Super Bowl? And I think that's obviously something that's exciting for everybody involved with the Browns, but I think it's a legitimate state statement to make at this point. You are now in a position where, you know, short of like the team bus driving off a cliff, uh, that you are now ready to have a serious conversation about we are good enough to be a, you know a maybe a lower end playoff team. What do we have to do now to get to the contender status? I think playoff experience is huge in that. Uh, I think at this point we can't simply say the Browns are an easy out. They aren't. Um, you know I, I don't know if they'll win that first playoff game, but they they it's not certainly. We can't just say, oh, you know, get get that game of playoff experience. We'll see you in a week. It's more of now it's like, no, the Browns are not favored. We don't like them in a matchup with, say, the Kansas City Chiefs, for example. But you got into the postseason. Let's roll the dice and see what happens. And that's certainly a better position than I thought they'd be. So I, I, I think both Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski have done a fantastic job with this uh, certainly undoing some of the damage that had been done. They've got this lock, this locker room entirely focused on winning, uh, doing all the little things that can, you know, put them in position and they're getting contributions out of guys all over the roster Mm -hmm. because of the injury situation. They're getting practice squad guys are having to come up and make plays. They're having, uh, you know, rookie step up Donovan people's Jones. He's an adventure. Uh, but uh, obviously made that big play. Everything you would think a sixth round rookie wide receiver would be. Like you put him out there and like you're sitting there and you're like, man, the potential, he could do some great things or he could do something really boneheaded. Um, And it doesn't matter that he, because he went to Michigan. Look, that's what sixth round draft picks are. When you got to put him out there, you're sitting there gritting your teeth. But I mean, you know, kid ran a beautiful route created massive separation, dumb, dumb technique by the cornerback. And it literally was probably the dagger play at that point. It's just uh, the, the, the thing, uh, my, my personal enjoyment out of the season has been watching not only Baker Mayfield, but this offense sort of grow and evolve. Uh, they have done some problem solving over the course of the season. Um, spacing has been a nightmare for this team uh, at various points in the season. And in this game, it was their solution. It was, they, they took full advantage and the Titans couldn't cover all the ground. Um, I, I, you know, I, I find myself, you know, as much as I'm enjoying nine and three and I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I end up doing a lot of thinking about brainstorming on what, where this team could go and what they could do with certain pieces, whether it's draft picks or whatever. Uh, and, it's fun. Like it's, it's a lot of fun to think about what, you know, let's say a Rondell Moore out of Purdue, what could that guy do, you know, isolated on an Island right now? Uh, I don't know if his knee will pass inspection, but he's fun. Um, and just those type of things where you're like, you know, where, what, what's the next sort of evolution to this? Because this offense is not done. It's, it's very impressive. It's done a lot of good things. Certainly had a great day to day, which only make more people want to play here. 
but it's just like that's sort of where I'm I'm getting ahead of myself in terms of uh, it's very you know you want to enjoy everything about the now, but you can't help drifting to thinking about where this th- thing's going to go in the off season. What is hopefully a full and healthy off season? It's like a normal year, and what does that look like with that much more preparation and everything going into that 2021 season? Look, I mean, we've talked for years, Pete, since, you know, I, I took this show over in September of 2017, you know, look, you know, about trying to establish a foundation, then actually building a home. Like, look, this is all done here. Now it's finishing touches again. Like, you know, and for what you're saying, what puts you on par with Kansas City? What puts you on par with playing the Kansas City Chiefs and having an opportunity to come out of that game victorious? You know, as far as the look, we're bringing in furniture. We're setting up kitchen cabinets. We're bringing in appliances. This is a home now. And I, I'm 100% with you as far as, you know, it's, it's just finishing it now and, and getting it to be a sustainable piece for a hopefully three, five years, um, you know, however long, you know, you can, you know, manipulate the cap, manipulate, you know, uh, the salary uh, to, you know, star players bringing in whatever's going to be the next, you know, two, three-star players over the next few years that come in to add to this. It, it, it's, it, it's, it's crazy fun. It's crazy impressive and just thoroughly enjoying it. And, you know, we're going – Pete, we, we, we've gone from having, you know, middling dreams of it, it'd be nice if they could win some games. Okay, now they're really winning some games. It'd be nice to taste the playoffs. And, of course, it gives you that – it basically quenches your thirst for that next one of which is, you know, how is it not just the playoffs and, you know, how is it, you know, finding your way to one of these beautiful warm weather climates or one of these beautiful indoor facilities and, you know, playing on, you know, that first Sunday in February. Right. So look, you got the Ravens next week. You've got, you know, you want to get into this whole revenge tour madness. You can, it's a, another opportunity to get better. You've got two gifts in in the Giants and the Jets. Uh and and who knows what you're gonna get and out of this deal. Today. Like the Jets got real smart there about the last 30 seconds. Like somebody don't cover rugs, dude. We can't win this game. Yeah. So I mean that's the only I, I think in that part maybe it's a little disappointing. I, I mean I'm not gonna hate turn, t- getting free W's from from the teams that reside in New Jersey. But there is some part of me that's like uh, you know, they, they are starting to feel good. I'd rather, you know, have some of these tougher games later in the year. But, uh, you know, it is it is what it is. And and if the Browns are going to end up, you know, 12 and 4, 13 and 3, I'm, I'm going to, ha- you know, I'm not going to turn it down. Nope, not at all. Uh, folks, this has been Victory Monday. Um, guys, guys and gals, enjoy every damn second of this. Y'all have waited so damn long. Um, there's going to be those going to try to critique it, and there's going to be those that are going to overanalyze it. But this game was won within the first 30 minutes. Anything that happened after that, straight up, doesn't matter. This was a knockout. This was, you know, vintage Mike Tyson style back in the day, where Tennessee probably, I'm going to put it simply, I don't think they knew what they were up against. And that's how it got ugly, and it got ugly real, real Damn quick for the Titans against your Cleveland Browns. He is Pete Smith, uh, part of Browns Digest through SI.com. Make sure you're checking everything out. Uh, Pete and his team obviously busy at work as we speak. 
giving you guys, you know, the best and most accurate information from today's victory down in Nashville. Browns are your AFC South champions, nine and three, four and zero against the AFC South, and again, two teams right now, eight and four, vying for that title. So there were some teams that the Browns did beat this season. I don't want to hear any more about that. You play the schedule that's in front of you. Make sure you're following Pete Smith at underscore Pete Smith underscore. Show itself at Lockdown Browns. Always a follow back account. DMs are open. You know, questions, ideas, whatever. You guys know I'm always willing to kick it. At Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open. Same thing. Uh, so make sure you're following over there. iTunes, Spotify. Guys, help me out here. Ratings and reviews, please. Um, Just helps the, the growth of the show. Uh, it draws more listeners and doesn't require anything from you. Um, but also, you know, for us being here five, six times a week. Um, and even now where we've kind of added a show per week because we try to do the pregame shows on Friday uh, just with all the COVID stuff and just get you guys the most accurate information we possibly can to give you guys the best uh, product we can. Uh, you know, besides Browns Daily, we're the only other uh, daily podcast. So we work our butts off here to just give you guys the best and most accurate information about your now ninth and three Cleveland Browns. Enjoy your victory Monday. I hope the coffee's good, even though you may get a bagel and it may be a little bit stale. It's still going to taste like the best bagel you ever had. Nine and three, your victory Monday episode of Locked on Browns. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.